You're listening to Wait, Am I an Adult Now? One of the only podcasts out there that interviews young millennials riding the squiggly line of life. We're your co-hosts, Shelby Wildgust and Savan Pichotto. And together, our mission is to inspire you with stories of millennials just like you who are paving their way in the new creative economy. Our guests are leading epic lives through entrepreneurship, artistry, charity, music, corporate leadership, and so much more. Are you ready to jump in? Let's go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Wait, Am I an Adult Now? This is Shelby Wildgust. And this is Savan Petrotto. And we have a very special guest with us. Guest, can you introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. I'm Austin Kevich. And Austin, we are so excited that you're on this podcast with us. And it's kind of a special time right now, right? Oh, yeah. So we just flew out to L.A. And Austin is a Philly native, but he's living in L.A. So this is a special segment for our podcast. Normally, we interview people that are living in Philadelphia and they come to our studio in Philadelphia but now we're bringing the podcast to you which is kind of exciting yeah it's cool. super exciting it's yeah. awesome to be here and like this is my first time in LA so yeah. I'm super stoked to be this here this is like the first time it's rained and <laughs> I know it's so crazy it's uh we were hoping for beautiful sunny weather when we got out here but it's unfortunately raining but it's snowing at home so yeah it's better than home yeah, yeah. It absolutely is, it is weirdly cold today though it's good. <laughs> yeah it's all good though all right, so guys, before we jump in, obviously, Savan, what do we need to do? We're going to start with our adulty moment of the week. So, um, Austin, you're new to this, so me and Shelby will start out with this. Um, Shelby, I think you should start, because yours is a little bit more responsible than mine. I feel like mine are always responsible. It's okay. Isn't that fun? Like, I, I normally just, they're always so boring, but anyway. Um, so, my wait, am I an adult now moment of the week, I got my yearly bonus this past Friday, and... I wanted nothing more than to go shopping with it and I had my eyes on like some new pairs of shoes and I really want this video camera but instead I put it all towards my debt and I paid off a very large portion of my debt which was really good and it was like that moment where I'm like yes I'm doing adult things with my money like I should be doing yeah um but yeah I would have much rather bought shoes and clothes with it but yeah that's my wait am I an adult now moment of the week cool all right so um mine so before we got here we went and got tacos Mm -hmm. and on our way back from the taco place we're walking to the parking garage and I'm trying to think of what is my moment going to be when we get to this interview and as I'm trying to think of that like out of nowhere just my left leg collapses out from under me like I just slipped on like a pile of water and just completely fell but nobody and saw. Nobody well, saw. Except for Hunter. Like, Hunter's our videographer. Yeah, I <laughs> and I just heard laughing. You are laughing. I was so discreet about it. Like, I just, like, got right up. and But it looked like a deer, like, on ice. Like, Any standing. scratches? Any bruises? I might be bleeding, but I didn't check yet. <laughs> <laughs> You're scared of the black pants. You, yeah. don't, you have no idea. All right, Austin. So what is your adulting moment of the week? Um, so I think mine probably would have to be yesterday my dad randomly texted me asking if I have health insurance <laughs> and what health insurance plan I'm on. And that made me go, shit, I don't, I don't even know if I have health insurance. What are bills? <laughs> um, so I texted my co-founder, Alec, and said, hey, are we on health insurance? And he was like, no, why? And then you're like, shit. And I was like, uh, do, I, do we have to get on it? I don't even know. Do you have to be on health insurance? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a law. Yeah. It is? <laughs> so am I allowed to say that I'm not on it right now? <laughs> You're not the first one to admit to these kinds of things on Just our podcast. Just be very careful. So. That's, yeah. an, that's an adulting yeah. moment to, yeah, have to, totally. get, to have yeah. to get health insurance. Yeah. The only 100%. dangerous thing I do is scooter. I love these electric scooters. We oh were my just God. talking about those. I can't wait for them to come to Philly. Like, that's the one thing. I mean, we're all about Philly, but the one thing that Philly doesn't have are those scooters, and they're really cool. Yeah. They're the best part of LA, probably. Yeah. And we're going down to San Diego, too, so we're going to 100% ride them all around San Diego. Which, oh, I highly recommend it. Yeah, it's really fun. <laughs> Um, all right, so that is our adulting moment of the week. So let's jump into the interview here. Um, for everyone out there listening, Austin Kevich is someone that I know from my high school years, and he was a couple years older than I was. And um, when he was in college, and when I was in college, I found out, and he kind of made it pretty public that he had created this app called Brighton. And it was super intriguing at the time. And I remember downloading this app. I think I actually told Savannah to download the app as well. Had it on our phones. And what I didn't know was that it was becoming a really, really big app. 
to the point where I went down to my nieces on Christmas. My nieces are five years and eight years younger than me. So they're in like middle school and early high school at this time. I'm in college. And they have the app on their phone. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, this is actually like a legit app. Like yeah. this is really, really cool. So when we were thinking about awesome people to interview who are Philly native, but they're living out in LA, you were the first person I thought of. So that's why you're here with us today. And so can you give us a little bit more of a detailed bio as to who you are? And then we'll go from there. Yeah, I remember that winter break. That was a crazy time. I'll get into that story. Uh, yeah, so I guess my bio is I went to, I graduated high school where I went with Shelby. And then I went to Bucknell University and I was playing football there. And while I was playing there, I had started a couple little companies and mostly failed and made a shit ton of mistakes and had no idea what I was doing. I still don't. <laughs> and um, yeah, then I suffered a spine injury in football. So I decided to take the semester off and study abroad in Cape Town, South Africa. Wow. And while I was there, when I first got there, I had been working on a, an app called Scali which is an app that helps students find scholarships. And it ended up going on Shark Tank and it's still doing pretty well, actually. Wow, no way. Um, and That's they were, awesome. They were actually Philly-based, too, for a while. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I was working on Scali. I was living in Cape Town. And I had a friend that passed away that I had met there in Cape Town in a climbing accident. And after he died, we saw people writing really nice things on his Facebook wall. By we, I mean Alec and I, because Alec was living there, too. Okay. Um, yeah, we saw people writing really nice things on his Facebook wall and we just thought this sucked that he couldn't have seen this while he was still alive because just hearing one nice thing about yourself could really you know, change your day or even change yeah. your life. Um, so yeah, so kind of as like a funny little game, we, we got a cardboard box and wrote compliment box on it and left it on a campus table outside of our house, like a table like this. And as people were walking by, we would hand out notes and say, hey, write something nice about a friend anonymously, drop it in the box, and then we'll read it out loud at the end of the day. And um, people used to gather around and it started to become this really fun thing. A lot of the stuff was, you know, lovey-dovey compliments. Then it was also, you know, like creative, like really goofy compliments that would make you laugh. So it was like a really fun experience and it was a good bonding experience. Um, and then naturally, naturally I asked myself, like, how do I bring this to more people? And yeah. it's like, all right, fuck it, I'll, I'll make it into an app. And yeah, so I partnered up with a dev shop, a random dev shop in the Philippines. Oh, wow. And wow. I was, yeah, just to make the prototype. So how did you find this dev shop? Like Google or through school? So I was in this this young entrepreneur organization organization called Kairos Society. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've, that's, yeah, K-A-I-R-O-S. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. So the crazy story, while I was living in Africa, Kairos and Bucknell alumni pitched in to fly me to the New York Stock Exchange for a weekend. Wow, wow. that's awesome. Yeah, so uh, it, was a, it was a prestigious thing. They get you know nominated and chosen to be in the society. So luckily to them, thank you if you helped pay for that trip, <laughs> um, Bucknell Alumni and School of Management. And um, so they, plug. Yeah, so they flew me to the New York Stock Exchange. It was like an 18 hour flight both yeah. ways. So I was, I was half asleep the whole time. But <laughs> thankfully while there I met a kid who's working at a dev shop in the Philippines. And okay. they agreed to build the app for $4 an hour. Wow. Being a broke college kid at the time. That's like that's insane. a no-brainer. Yeah. Wow, okay. Wow. Cool, so that's that's a good start to your bio. Now, I wanna do a quick little journey of where, like how you went from creating the app to launching the app to getting out to LA. Mm -hmm. Briefly, and then I have some questions based on your story that you just shared with us. Gotcha. Okay, so I have this dev shop in the Philippines build a really, really janky prototype of Brighton. And all you can really do is log in with your Facebook and send anonymous compliments to people. So I launched that prototype my, I think going into my senior year at Bucknell. And the app was so shitty, like it, it, <laughs> it crashed every two seconds. And surprisingly, people were using it. I think we had 4,000 kids on college campus and it grew to 5,000 users. Wow. So that means wow. people were telling their friends about it at other schools. 
reporters were contacting me and to talk about the app and it was so bad the app couldn't scale it could barely maintain yeah. 100 users so yeah. i actually pulled it off the app store okay and that was right around the time of graduation so all my friends were getting jobs and, and moving to other cities and i just you know thought okay we prove that this concept at least people want something like this so i should i might as well give it a chance and yeah. you know stay home after graduation uh which i did and it was the loneliest year of my life, just um, living at my mom's house. Uh, my parents constantly asking me if I'm going to get a you know, job. get a job anytime soon. For sure. Um, I was doing some freelance work to to make some money. Yeah. I was actually sleeping on my little brother's couch. Oh my god. Yeah. So I would joke that I would pay the pay him for rent. Um, it's a nice little switch up there. Yeah, and I was working on the app by myself. All my friends were doing all this fun stuff in other cities. There's no light at the end of the tunnel back then. Okay. Um, then one day I was, I joined this online course where we got paired up with partners. Yeah. And mine happened to be an engineer who specialized in a language called Python. Yep. Oh, okay. Which is what the app happened to be built in. So then I told him about it and he was interested. And I was like, you know what? The only way this is going to work is if... I get under the same roof as an engineer. At the time, I was learning app design. I honestly like I would go to my finance classes, bring my laptop, and take online courses in app design. I was going to ask you if you had any background in designing or doing any of this, or is it something you just taught yourself? Yeah, yeah. I, j I just I just took online courses and just watched YouTube tutorials. Honestly, wow, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, anyone can do it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and then um, so yeah, that's what I would do in, in some of my classes that. I was bored of. And then I actually took, uh, here's another funny story. So I took uh, classes in um, design, like design and, um, uh, what's it called? Like UX, UI maybe, or? No, they didn't have those kind of classes at my school. Just just a de mostly design and consumer psychology classes. Okay. That didn't count for my major. So they basically didn't count, but I just wanted to go because I wanted to learn. Right. Um, and my school wouldn't let me switch my major to psychology in order for, so those classes would count towards my degree. So when graduation came around, they're like, by the way, you can't walk because you're one credit short. Wow. Oh my God. So yeah. So uh, they, luckily they were willing to work with me. I was gonna say. And I explained like, yeah. I'm working on this startup. So they said, all right, just, you can attend graduation. You won't get a diploma with everyone else. But if you turn in a 30 page paper after graduation, we'll send you your degree in the mail. So I did an independent study and I wrote a 30 page paper on Brighton. Okay, I was gonna wow. ask you if that was the app. Yeah. yeah, okay. So here's the funny part. Uh, so my school wouldn't give me a diploma at graduation. Yeah. They sent it in the mail, but they ac accidentally sent three. They sent <laughs> three? They sent, they, so I have degrees in computer engineering, management, and business administration. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I never took an engineering class. That's <laughs> so funny. But I mean, you kind of did like online classes in a way. I mean, yeah, I did it on my own. They school. wouldn't give me credit for it. So that's so crazy. Jokes wow. on them, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, Three you worked out in the end with that one. That's so everyone really should wild. try not to graduate on time. <laughs> and maybe you'll get lucky and get an extra degree, degree or two. Yeah, hopefully your school just doesn't have the proper like, I don't know, whose fault was that? They were like real. Like I could hang them on the wall. They're signed by the president and everything. That's so name cool. on them and yeah. all that good stuff. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy okay cool so you wrote this 30 page paper and you got three degrees for the price of one mm -hmm. right and then you were living on your brother's couch mm -hmm. and figuring this out so I remember like I said in the beginning of this podcast episode that you kind of made a big push within the GA community to share this app right mm -hmm. was that that wasn't with your prototype that was with a more finalized design? That's what I call the prototype version two. Okay. It was also a really shitty app. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I thought it was cool, but. Was that the version that we were on? Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was awesome. Like I, like um, Shelby said, like she introduced me to it and I started using it. And there were people from high school that I went to that we were never friends before and we were like sending each other compliments. So I just thought it was like, it was the coolest thing. And it, it is such a feel good app. Yeah. So I like so prototype 2.0. So then what happened with that? Yeah. So I meet this engineer. He's 18 years old. Mm -hmm. I realized the only way this is going to work is if I get under the same roof as an engineer, because I was doing all the designs and then I would hand them off to the engineer. And it's kind of a difficult process when you're not let, when you're not with someone, let alone having ever met them in right. person before. Right. So 
at that point, I was just like, there's no reason for me to be in Philly anymore. My cousins were at USC. I thought LA would be a great place to struggle. <laughs> and I was like, fuck it. Why not just take the leap and yeah, move here? Yeah, there's a lot of people out here that are struggling, trying to figure their stuff out, right? Yeah, and it's, yeah. again, it's a, it's a nice place to struggle. You yeah, have the ocean the right, right there. there. Yeah, for sure. PB&J and ramen is, is okay for a couple <laughs> months. Yeah. And uh, then our two of my high school friends quit their jobs to come help me. In oh, LA. wow. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So... We're all in a house, we're all in an apartment in Venice, and we're building the second version of this app, getting ready to relaunch it. We did a big marketing push with student reps. So I think at the time we had about 100 kids, probably from around 90 different schools around the country, signed up to be a part of this positivity movement. Yep. Um, And what was special about that was we we really talked to everyone that was involved and it was it was almost like a family it wasn't like us building the app and then there's our marketing yeah. student re- or marketing ambassadors they were really to the vision. yeah everyone was really really involved and we would talk to everyone every day and, and send updates on the process and up until we launched the app um so we launched the app and it has 100 users and i'm going to investors and they're all telling me to get the fuck out and how this is stupid and you know it's not going to work. Um, then a couple of days later, it's it has 200 users, and then um, to get that growth. And then yeah, and I'm still still uh, getting ignored by investors. Okay. And then all of a sudden it's 400 users, and then the next week it is 800, and then it keeps doubling every day. Oh my gosh. More importantly, retention's really good. Uh, and then all of a sudden we hit 10,000 users and I'm starting to get phone calls from VCs in San Francisco. And then all of a sudden, close to that winter, yeah, um, it just shoots up to 45,000 downloads wow. a day. Wow. And that was for iPhone only. We didn't, even, we didn't even have the resources to build Android yet. Yeah, okay. Um, and every day, it, we were not prepared for that. Every day we were banging on each other's doors, especially the engineers, like in the middle of the night, the servers were crashing, all of our credit cards were getting maxed out. Um, it was super hectic. We weren't, I wasn't sleeping. Yeah. Because I, I was literally. Yeah, so tell me about that time in your life where it's like, you know, you have this idea. I think that's every entrepreneur's dream. Like when you have an idea, like you can always see step 100. And that step 100 is like when your idea is taking off and it's crazy, but it's exciting. and. People forget about steps one through five and five through 25 and, you know, the, the crazy things that happen in the middle. So talk to us about like that week or two week point of time where it's like, this is actually working. Like what, what was going through your mind? It felt like, like I was living in a dream because we, I went from, uh, you know, everyone telling me that an I'm being stupid and wasting my time on this app for the past year or two. And yeah. then all of a sudden I'm getting, you know, fan mail from people saying this app changed their life. Wow. wow. Um, we had a girl write in that she was cutting herself and then she got on Brighton and she stopped cutting herself for the first time in months. We oh had, you know, like kindergarten classes sending us pictures they drew of, of cell phones with Brightons on them. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, and that's what made it surreal because it, so we, we grew up to a couple million users and the attention from investors was like, whoa, this is the fastest growing app organically that we've seen since Snapchat. Wow. Um, and then when I, I was very transparent with investors, I, I would say like, here's access to my our, our analytics, you know better than I do. And all of them were freaking out because they hadn't seen something like that since Snapchat. What, what made the experience so surreal is that um, it's one thing to see a couple million, you know, numbers on a screen. But then once you start receiving emails and, you know, actual handwritten letters and messages from people every day, it's like, whoa, like, imagine. You're actually making a difference. Yeah. yeah, like imagine like, like a stadium with this many people. Like it's crazy how many people are using this like shitty little app. Yeah. You know? Wow. Okay. So what time period was that? Like what was that like in 2017, 2016? That was winter uh, 2016 going into 2017. Or no, was it 2015? I think it was 2015. I don't. And I think you're right. Into yeah. 2016. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I love how you were able to take that original idea that you had in, in college, where you had the compliment box on the table, mm-hmm. and it was such a humbling experience to see people 
and the reaction. And now you're finally seeing the results of that in the form of an app. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that that's so amazing um, to be able to like bring it to life and like finally see the results of that. Um, but there was, there's a story after that, that winter, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. bring us through that story. Yeah. So, oh yeah. So at that time, so we're, we're growing like crazy. By the way, I'm spending all day taking meetings and phone calls with investors from like 7 a.m. till night. And then at night, I was designing the app. Yeah. So I literally was like a zombie, sleep deprived. I felt like I was living in a dream 24-7 because yeah. it, it was good, but... Also crazy, like you just weren't prepared for that. Oh, yeah. I definitely wasn't prepared. Um I I wasn't sleeping. I barely had time to eat. Yeah, like when people launch apps, it's usually like a team of people, and you had a mm-hmm. small team, but it was yeah. a lot of was was just you and a couple friends, right? Yeah, yeah. Was everybody like up at all hours, or was this just like you took a lot of the slack of of what was going on? It was for sure all hands on deck. Like everyone was was uh, contributing as much as they could, but because we weren't prepared for this. We only had two people actually working on the product itself, which is where like so much time and effort was required to like keep going in and fixing and then also building new features. Yeah, because when it's becoming that large, like you were saying, the server's gonna be crashing. Like you just, there's so many other factors. I mean, you're dealing with humans. Yeah. And the factor of humans is sometimes really unpredictable, if not all the time, really unpredictable. Yeah. So what's the story? Like what happened after after all that? Man, so, yeah, so we're we're growing like crazy. We go home for winter break, and you know, you get that's when you guys probably saw like your little cousins using Brighton because it kind of spread from the East Coast down to the yeah, South. Yeah, wasn't it like a top downloaded app on the App Store for a while? Yeah, I, I think it was fourth or fifth overall. Yeah, I remember seeing that in the App Store. Um, so we go home for Christmas break, and. Remember I told you about the 18-year-old engineer? Yes. So he was awesome. He was an, he was an excellent engineer. Like, the, the kid was a savant. Uh, here's the, when the adversity starts. Yeah. He did not, he hated the startup lifestyle. Okay. He wanted to go back, live, back, move home to freelancing and, you know, be in his own room and, like, work on his own schedule. Mm-hmm. We had been, almost every night, been forced to bang on, bang on his door and wake him up because wow. things were crashing. Oh my God. And he was one. That doesn't feel good for either party involved. Right. Like you having to drag him out and him having to be dragged out. Honestly, it was a good problem to have. Like everyone wants that, like to have those kind of growth scaling problems. But you have to have that, you know, you have to want that startup Mm -hmm. lifestyle. That, you know, you you sign up for that hecticness or is hecticness a word? It can be a word today. You sign up for that craziness. And you have to be well, you have to be on call twenty four seven. Most people think you know like entrepreneurship means more freedom, but it's the no, opposite. No, it's the opposite. Like yeah. you are a slave to your business until you. Yeah, I mean you're yes. Mm-hmm. Especially when things go well. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he wants to go back to you know being freelancing on his own schedule. And by the way, this is at a time when VCs were throwing millions of dollars at us. Wow. wow. So he really, it really wasn't it about... It wasn't like about the money. It was mm-mm. just, he wasn't happy. Yeah, he just wasn't happy. Um, so I guess, yeah, we're, 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 I stayed in, uh, in Venice to work that winter. He goes home for Christmas and he's just like, hey guys, I'm not coming back. Wow. I want to go back to freelancing. Oh man. Yeah. So we were just, you know, blindsided by that. Yeah. So what do you do at that point? Was this like full panic mode? Like, what do you do? Yeah, I, I was asking the same question. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, where do we go here? And so imagine, you know, a, a top five app in the world that doesn't have a developer on the team. And that's what happened. So the app lit- had a crash in sign up where you literally couldn't use the app. And we just lost 100% of our momentum. Wow. Um, blessing that we had raised uh, a... million seed round at that time from some of the big name investors in Silicon Valley who then introduced me to more to a couple engineers to hire. Yeah, I was going to ask you if they were able to help you out with that because yeah I mean obviously the concept is proven to work Mm -hmm. it's just a matter of getting the right people on the team. Yeah so we were able to get it up and running again eventually but you know it took probably around eight weeks to you know recruit new developers and onboard them and then you know rebuild a back end that was scalable. Now, yeah. How did you communicate that to your already existing user base? 
Like, did you have a lot of people drop off when that happened or? Yeah, a ton. Yeah. I would have dropped off. You, you right. literally couldn't open the app. Yeah. It, it was just like a dark zone. How long? Uh, I think the app was just completely broken for three, four weeks. That's a long wow. time yeah. in the app world. Wow. Very long. Like, most, yeah. A long time in the app world is like one minute of like, crashing. Yeah. yeah. Like you can maybe forget it for 10 minutes. And yeah. And you're like, what the hell? Like, bye. This yeah. It's taking too much space. Yeah. Okay. So you got the team back together. You got a new team together. Mm-hmm. Question for you in regards to Brighton. So quickly give us just an overview of what exactly Brighton does. I mean, we've alluded to it and a lot of listeners on this podcast probably know about it but can you just give us like what is the premise of brighton the most basic premise of brighton was the easiest way to make someone else smile so the first version all you can do is sign up and send anonymous compliments to people and then in future versions we added more features like we added these community pages where you can you know post a problem that you're dealing with and then the community can chime in and give you advice and then a couple other cool features like that. And your predominant user base would be like high schoolers, would you think? What would you what did you see at least in the analytics? It was for sure younger, like teens. Okay. So my question about that is, you know, we've all been in those teen years and we've all been in the situations where people talk about you behind your back. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's way better to hear the things said that are good. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people have heard negative things said. So how yeah. did you protect that from happening? Yeah, so that was like number one thing on our whiteboard for months because it's a really hard problem to solve. As you know, like this, yeah. the biggest social network still haven't figured it out. Um, by the end of it, we had a, a pretty cool system down, but in the beginning it was like, we tried so many, so many quick fixes because we didn't have the resources, you know, build out a robust system yet. Um, at first we tried Brighton jail. So if you're, if you're, <laughs> if your post got reported, you would, uh, if your post got reported, I think three times, you would literally see yourself in jail and, oh app and it wouldn't let you use it for a couple hours. That's awesome. And by the way, when we looked at the data, less than 1% of people were writing mean stuff. Oh, that's really impressive. Yeah, that's amazing. But with, but with an app like that, where like your whole community is on, it only takes one person to you know hate on everyone, and it ruins it for the whole community. Right. Yeah, and, and also it, people just, human nature is to focus, like you can have 10 people tell you amazing things about you, but that one person that said something shitty, you're going to fixate on that. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah so. Um, Eventually, we did solve the problem by building this natural language processor on the back end, which we were able to customize to, you know, slang. Like it would detect certain things that yeah. would yeah. Would that be negative. before they posted it or like right after? So, so here's why it was really cool and it worked perfectly for Brighton because of the nature of Brighton was, you know, it was me posting to you anonymously. Mm-hmm. So I would post something to you and it's nice so everyone sees it and it gets a lot of likes and comments then i would post something to you that was mean our system would flag it because it detected slang oh. um it, it was it's machine learning so yeah. we get smarter and smarter as more posts were flagged and so i would post something mean to you i would see it on your feed but no one else would see it okay. so to me i think it went through but it would get zero likes or comments so we get zero attention and would then she see it no, she wouldn't see it. Okay. No one would see it besides me. Got it. So that I is really smart. I, yeah. So I have no idea that my post is getting flagged. I would have no incentive to try to like get around the system. Yeah. And then meanwhile, what we saw was someone would write, you know, three mean things. They would get no engagement. And then they would write a fourth thing that's actually nice. And then they would get a lot of likes and comments. So and it would like, positively reinforce them to do nice yeah. things. Exactly. Wow. That's and, awesome. And we saw behavior change with that. That's That's really really cool. cool. And I think it's so important for that specific age group too, because um, I think we've all, like you said, we've all been there, especially middle school and high school where, you know, other people are saying mean things and you kind of just follow along with the crowd. Mm -hmm. But like you, you bringing this into that world and almost trying to change behavior. I almost wonder if you see that change in person too, with those kids Mm -hmm. when they're in high school or around other people. And I don't know, have you had any, 
feedback like that and from people in real life, like the app translating into IRL. Yeah. So much. <laughs> yeah. That was the coolest part because we would get so many emails and letters and, and you know messages even through the app with people saying like, Hey, I was inspired by Brighton to 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 start a positivity club at my school and wow. they would send us photos where, you know, they would they would literally write Brightons on a sticky note and stick it on everyone's locker. Oh, that's so cool. And then they, cool. Would, they would send us pictures of that. So we were seeing kids invent tangible, like in real life versions of Brighton, which is like the best yeah. thing that could have happened. That's really amazing. So where's Brighton now? So Brighton now it's still up. It's still in the app store. We've shifted focus to a new app. Okay. Um, which I can talk about if you want. Yeah, I'd love to hear Definitely. more about it. Um, yeah, so people still use Brighton. The reason why we shifted focus is because we realized that what we built with Brighton had a really specific purpose, and we think it fulfilled that purpose where so many people were able to have a better life because like, of the friendships they, they garnered through the app. Yeah. And, and things they got things off their chest that they were that they were never able to say. Now the challenge with that was that you download this app and you get all, all of these nice things out of your system and you tell your friends and everyone's happy for a couple of weeks. So the app fulfills its purpose and that's what we wanted, but then you don't really need the app anymore. Right. Um, so my options were to, to you know have a sustainable business, were to you know run ads in the app, which is something that from the beginning we decided as it wouldn't be aligned with our values. I personally hate spending too much time on my phone. I hate when companies are forced to be manipulative in order to get us to spend more time. Right. And that's what an ad model incentivizes. It was a feel-good app and you wanted to keep it feeling good, not yeah. like an ulterior motive to it. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't want us to be forced to get people you know, addicted or spending as much time as possible in this app that... I, in hindsight, I think is better as, you know, a, a tool for a couple of weeks so that it can transition into real life. Yeah, like so it creates about. the culture. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's, that's so interesting because I was going to ask you, like, how do you monetize an app like that? And mm -hmm. if it's through advertising, that's, something that, that's not something you wanted to do. It just speaks a lot about your core values. And I think that's a we talk about this a lot, like just, we actually talked about this in a recent episode where, you know, when something doesn't feel good, don't do it. And I think in the technology sector, and you see it now a lot with Facebook, like big high level people are leaving because they've seen the detrimental effects of Facebook. But I think it's really commendable that you didn't want to compromise your values for the sake of money. Mm -hmm. So talk to us about the new app. So the new app, Actually, there's an app in between the new app that we're focused on, focusing okay. on now. So, and this is, it's interesting how things happen. I guess this is another lesson in yeah. entrepreneurship. So we had, we've spent the last six months working on a new app called SmileCam. Okay. And SmileCam is based off something we learned from Brighton, actually. We built these community pages that I told you about where people would post what they're going through and then the community would chime in and help them. Yeah. And what we saw was... So, so many people using Brighton to meet new people. They're making friends through the app. Yeah, okay. Really cool. Which is funny because it's we anonymous. didn't. Yeah, and we didn't build the app for that. We built it for to use with friends. Yeah. Uh, but we saw more and more of people were you know signing up and like forming these relationships through the app. I don't know if you saw my Instagram story yesterday. I did. I was gonna ask you about that. Yeah. So give us a quick little so our, so listeners don't know who you are just yet. Yeah. So completely out of the blue. A Brighton user, a girl, I think she said she was 19 now, reaches out and said a couple years ago she met a guy through Brighton because she was sending him funny, cheesy pickup lines as Brightons. <laughs> and they ended up exchanging Snapchats and kept in touch and fell in love. And wow. now they're dating. Yeah. And she said he actually just got in a car accident. He's, she said he's going to be fine, but he just got in a car accident and made them think how much they appreciate Brighton for having this impact on their life. Wow. And she, felt compelled to reach out, I guess. That's, That's amazing. so powerful. So it's like the, like, it's the opposite of collateral <laughs> damage. Like, it's not, it's but the collateral success. It's like yeah. the collateral yeah. stories. Like, that's really, really awesome. So SmileCam is? So SmileCam is based on the premises that people want to make internet friends and they are forming, you know, supportive relationships 
and finding happiness through making friends on the internet, which is something that our generation really didn't do. Yeah. yeah. So that was a little bit shocking to me, uh, but I saw, you know, undeniable data in Brighton that the highest retained users, like people that were using the app every day for over a year, were using the app to make friends. Other yeah. than like typical social media where it's pretty superficial and you're just going on there to post and like interact. Yes, exactly. It's and cool how that's shifted because with our generation, like, you know, for all of our listeners out there, like we're all kind of the young millennial generation. You know, we use social media as a means to stay in touch with our friends that we already had that we made in real life. Right. Whereas Gen Z, I guess it would be Gen Z, right? I think it's X. Gen X. I don't know. The people that are born in like the <laughs> late 90s, early 2000s, they're actually using social media to find friends. It's not what we're doing. It's, it's yeah. the next level of that. So Yeah. I think our generation got overly saturated with with uh, the social media for you and your friends. Yeah. We have so many options now. Like we have too much. Yeah. And um, these this younger generation spends more and more time on their phone. Like they grew up with these smartphones. So now it's not it's not taboo for them to make internet friends like it was for us. Right. It was it was weird back then to like. I mean, I remember having a MySpace and like having my MySpace friends and like yeah, your people eight. I didn't really know. And like I would talk to them, and then I'd be like, "This is weird." Like, and you probably get yelled at by parents. Too. Oh my god! Yeah, well, my mom. My I was mom definitely still yells at me. I was like, like twelve years yeah. old. Like some weird guy was. I don't know. Yeah, my mom still freaks out on me if I tell her I met somebody like that from online that I was. Like, oh yeah, well, with our parents, it's like, oh my god, yeah. like you did what? Like, don't get into a car with a stranger. I'm like, yeah. mom, it's Uber. Like, relax. <laughs> but yeah, that's cool. So smile cams definitely designed more for like. The high schoolers, middle schoolers? So, yeah, yes. High school, middle school. Uh, we we're thinking college because SmileCam, it's basically Tinder, but f- a mix of Tinder and Snapchat. And the point is to make people smile. So, we built this really cool smile detection camera. <laughs> so, you could literally look at your phone and smile, and it knows when you smile. Oh, that's so crazy. So, uh, we had like a Tinder, like, uh, swipe through section there was yeah. no like like or pass it was just make smile or pass yeah and you'd have a bio of like fun facts about you a lot of weird facts because i think it's more interesting yeah like, <laughs> like most embarrassing story about yourself yeah. type of thing and then so if i see shelby on the app i can click make smile and it opens up a selfie and i i take a picture of myself write a caption to you i send it and when you open it it tells me if you smile or not oh that's so cool if you smile oh my I god get wait that's so cool does it keep track of how many like smiles you get yeah yeah oh, and there's a cute. leaderboard so if i make her smile i get a point oh that's awesome wow really cool that's really cool mm-hmm. so is it has it been released yet yes it was released so here's here's what's funny about that so we spent 6 months working on it and I still think SmileCam can work. Uh, it's not, by the way, it's not meant to be a dating app. It's meant to be, you know. A friendship meet, app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a, a, a way to meet people. Which I think is actually more needed than the dating app. Mm-hmm. I think, I, I've seen so many people recently right on Facebook. And I think it's apparent in, in my age group where they're just getting out of college and they're now in this real world where when you're at college, like your friends are next door to you or you know at your sorority house or fraternity house when you're out in the real world and you're in a big, big new city it's not as easy to make friends and people are so consumed on their phone these days that the immediate first reaction that's in person is kind of lost mm-hmm. so people are like well can i use dating apps to make friends and like you probably can but it's it's hard it's harder because there's this preconceived notion but i love the fact that smile cam is for friends yeah and i have a question for you yeah um so you mentioned, so with Brighton, the biggest challenge was making sure that if somebody was sending a mean comment, that mm-hmm. that wouldn't be seen. So what's the biggest challenge with this now that you have picture involved and potentially like people like, how do you, I guess my question is like, how do you flag inappropriate pictures? Does that happen on your app or like, what's the biggest challenge with this one now compared to Brighton? Like people sending dick pics? I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to say that. But. You know what's weird? We people, people would send dick pics and like they people would sex with Brighton. Okay. And I never understood it. Like why? Like why don't you like you have Snapchat? Why, yeah. I just don't even understand the dick yeah. pic thing, but whatever. It wasn't common, but like, um, 
yeah we 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 had to you know build an nlp for that like yeah a, like a system that could scan folks we we obviously can't look at it we don't yeah. want to look at it also right. it's like too much content <laughs> to even like consider looking at yeah like we're not going through with ourselves and like curating yeah. that yeah. so we needed a machine to do it with SmileCam, we didn't get any of that yet that's good i think it's because well it's, one it's not anonymous so yeah if someone sends that and they get reported we'll be notified if we deem they should be removed from the app we'll remove them yeah and oh also oh i forgot to mention this it's application based so it's an exclusive community you have to get accepted oh. in order in order to get in so we're oh, okay so we wanted to make sure everyone's there for the right reasons got it and then you as a member of the community feel safe knowing everyone you're seeing was through this curation process yeah, that's so perfect the that's application crazy. process it's not meant to be it's not meant to make it more exclusive like i know there's some dating apps that you have to apply and then there's like a waiting list mm -hmm. and you have to like it's like a thousand person waiting list mm -hmm. the application is just meant to justify like your like means of being people on this or is it meant to be exclusive yeah it's screening okay making sure you're there for the right reason yeah cool all right great that's really cool so SmileCam is the future of Brighton right now. So SmileCam, we thought was the future, and I still think it can be something. It will be something. But on the side, Alec and I built a little passion project one weekend, and we built it just for us, and it's called Mood Boost. Um, what it is is like we were just sick of seeing negative news everywhere, and me personally, I guess, suck at keeping in touch with news. So I wanted a really easy way to keep in touch with happy news, like news that will actually make me feel good about the world. Okay, can I just jump in and say that I yeah. fully 100% support that idea because you have no idea how many times my dad has told me like, boy, you don't watch the news, you don't read the news, you're not keeping up with everything. I'm like, no, dad, I'm not, because it's all depressing. Yeah, you And I don't wanna look at it. And so, it, yeah, it ruins, like, it ruins it for me, so this is awesome so keep telling that's keep exactly telling us. how yeah. i felt too yeah and uh so alec and i thought of a solution to that for fun we didn't even build it for like you know something to grow under the company like we just built it as like just a little thing that we can use called it mood boost and it's really simple all it does is once a day it sends you a happy news story um, it shows you it in the app and it's bite-sized so nice. perfect for someone like me who has ADD and I'm not gonna you know be able to if, if I have to read a bunch of articles or even like these email newsletters yeah I end so up I'm just, the same exact way mm -hmm. give me pictures give me like a caption and I'm good mm -hmm. yeah this is basically just one photo and like maybe a sentence or two summarizing the story that's cool and then if you want to read more you can, you can click, click into the story mm -hmm. yeah that's really, really cool. awesome and has that been launched so we launched that for ourselves and then it started taking off and it started taking off um, in a way that we hadn't seen even with Brighton because, uh, you know, like Brighton was more like, a young, it was popular with younger kids. Yeah. With Mood Boost, I started getting hit up by friends, cousins, friends of friends and being like, yo, that app is sick. And like they would express it in the way you did. Like I, I hate watching the news because everything's depressing. Yeah. And it kind of surprised me and Alec, like, whoa. Um, and you know, like a, a lot of people would say, you know, a lot of people our age would be like, I love Brighton, but then I could see they're not the, using it. Yeah. I could yeah. see in our analytics, like they're not opening it every day. Like yeah. maybe they use it once or twice and checked it out. But that's it. With Mood Boost, people are opening it every day. So how do you curate your stories? Do you have someone doing that for you? Do you like, how did you get started with that? It's us. We're just, just searching. Wow. We're just searching the internet for mm -hmm. happy stories every day. That's awesome. Oh, that's kind of nice. Cool. Mm -hmm. So it's amazing to hear like all of these different things that you've been up to and you can totally tell the theme of Brighton. Like it's all these really positive things. Um, did you see yourself going down this route when you were in college or in high school? I mean, Alec, I think it's, I wish Alec was here to be part of this. I didn't even realize that he's like so heavily involved yeah. because Alec, so you know, Savan was our class president Yeah, and he was like a, comedy care I mean he was yeah. hilarious he still is yeah I, I'm sure and I can I saw the sign outside like it's hilarious <laughs> um there's a crazy sign outside for everyone out there listening like it's just I can't even explain it but it's really cool to see that you guys are doing this so mm -hmm. did you did you see this happening for yourself no I thought I was gonna be an NFL quarterback <laughs> <laughs> okay that's all I wanted to be yeah and then I had that big that that back injury yeah um which by the way was like a really hard time for me like I was I was really depressed and lost because that's 
how I identified myself for so long like as, a, as a football player. Yeah. So this was like a, a crazy blessing in disguise that that injury is kind of like the catalyst to lead me to this life. Wow. Yeah, and it's crazy because sometimes, you know, the failures that you think are failures in the moment, when you look back at them, they're really not. It's like, like you said, it can be a blessing and it catapulted you into all the stuff that you do now, Yeah, which is amazing. So what advice would you give to someone who might be in a similar position that you were in at one point where, let's say, they're in college and they had all these big hopes and dreams in one area and then something happens that now eliminates the possibility of those hopes and dreams. What would you give, what kind of advice would you give to that person? Well, first of all, I think the world sometimes gives you a difficult nudge in the right direction. And in hindsight, you will look back and see that you needed that. Mm -hmm. And it was definitely in the right direction. But at the time, it's really fucking scary. And it feels, you know, you feel lost. Totally. Um, I'm sure everyone's been there in, in some sort and of way. And if you haven't yet, you probably will go through at some point. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, I actually can't think of anyone that just like had smooth sailing forever. Yeah, that's not even like, what's the what's yeah. the joy in that? Like, you, need yeah, the highs, right? you need the lows to appreciate the highs. Exactly. The yin yang. Well, you yeah. said it best. There's chaos in the climb, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a recent quote. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to kind of wrap it up here. Like, if you want to tell people, how they can find you, where they can find your apps. Um, if people want to reach out to you personally, how can they do that? Um, probably Instagram uh, is just my name, at Austin Kevich. I basically use Instagram as a CRM now f- with users. Yeah. Like so many users just hit me up on Instagram. Like that's how. Yeah, that's how yeah. we connected about this whole yeah. thing. Okay, that's really cool. Um, and I love answering questions, by the way. A lot of people will DM me and just be like, hey, I have this idea, or hey, how do you build an app, or like, how did you get to doing what you're doing? And I just love, like, that's why I do it. Like, I love hearing from people and, and just giving them advice. Cool. Awesome. Final question before we wrap up today. Where is Brighton and where is Austin in 10 years? In 10 years, Brighton is... Br- Brighton as the app Brighton Brighton as a company Brighton as a company yeah um I could see mood boost being really big I could see mood boost being um growing into a large media company almost like a positive yeah. buzzfeed cool and uh I think that's something our generation really needs and when I say positive I don't mean like I don't oh, oh look here. at this hey Alec and yes, now for Alec, our, you can jump our, in here really quickly. Our surprise guest. She asked me where, where Brighton's going to be in 10 years. Yeah. Um, just so everyone knows, Alec Lorraine just jumped in here. He is the co-founder of Brighton. So, hello. Alec, where is Brighton going to be in 10 years? <laughs> so I was telling them that I could see Mood Boost growing into, uh, you know, like a, the BuzzFeed for positivity. And something that Alec and I stress to a lot of people is... When we say positivity, we won't. We don't want it to be like you know sunshine and rainbows because that's not realistic. Right. Yeah. We want a company that really like talks how real people talk, like realistic positivity, not just all hundred percent happiness and you know perfect self help. This I think yeah. that's I think that's all fake. Yeah. Uh, and I think that actually causes you to be more stressed out. We, we yeah, because you think yeah. that you have to hide your negativity yeah. in order to be positive, but that's not the case. Yeah, and uh, paradoxic, paradoxically, it actually feels better and puts you in a better mood, hence mood boost, to embrace negativity. Totally. Yeah. And actually embrace your your negativity, like your flaws. Recognize, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Recognizing where you're at and like how you can get better, but knowing where you are in the moment mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah, can I just jump in here and say I completely agree. <laughs> <laughs> and I think... On top of running a giant tech company, media company, Alec and I will have a few movies out by then. Oh, really? Good. I'm glad to hear we that. Like, we like making, you probably remember from high school, we like doing yes. uh, comedy together. Oh, that's awesome. We have a planetarium show that I'm going to plug in our basement. Nice. So if anyone visits LA, just hit us up on Instagram and Alec dresses up like an astronaut and takes you on a tour of the universe. Oh, that sounds so amazing. Wow. <laughs> Wow, what were your shows that you made in high school, or what were your, what did you guys you guys made like the GAPC day stuff, right? Yeah, I did a music video, um, a couple short skits, nothing, uh, nothing insane, just like a bunch of different stuff. You know, I had my 
yeah. my hands in a bunch of I saw bags. your sign outside. It's no helmets. Oh, I'm running for mayor of Santa Monica as well. <laughs> I'm his campaign manager like I was in high school. Yeah, we'll give him a nice plug right now. I think Remember I did those posters in high school? Do you remember that campaign? Um, you have to remember. It was a legendary campaign. For, his, for your presidency that mm-hmm. you won. Yes, I do. I remember that. There's a picture of me uh, smoking a fake cigarette from Halloween. And the caption was, he quit for you, but he won't quit on you. Wow, that's brilliant. <laughs> we should put that on our Instagram when this, when this episode gets released. Yes. Everyone can, can know who you are since you missed the first 40 minutes of it. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing this story with us. It's been really cool just to see you on your journey and um, to have personal ties to both of you guys is, is really cool, too. And Yeah. Um, it's amazing just, you know, what Philadelphia produces in terms of awesome people, entrepreneurs, creative artists, all that kind of good stuff. So thank you once again. Yeah. And I know Shelby, you know, obviously knows you a little bit better than I do, but it's also been awesome to hear your story and like the journey that you've been on. So thank you for your time being here. Well, thank, having us here, actually. Thank so. you guys <laughs> for coming out. And it's awesome to see you here, too. Like we've been following your journey on mostly via Instagram. Yeah, it's because um, where I hang out most of the time. <laughs> I mean, ever since high school, you've been so inspirational. Thank you. All of I your, try. All of your content. Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys. Well, as always, shameless plug. If you liked this episode, please go on iTunes. Give us a five-star rating. Give us a uh, give us a nice little review. Review. Yeah. Use Brighton as like a motivation to give us a nice, positive, fun review. It takes you five seconds, but it means the world to us. And if you have any questions, comments, great things along those lines, uh, you can find us on Instagram at Wait Mine Adult Now. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye.